You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. This morning is a, a peculiar morning in the sense that the Lord had given me, I've, I've never really had him put the puzzle pieces together of a week like he has this week. Uh, everything seemed completely random until yesterday afternoon. Um, but, you know, Saturdays, I've, I've mentioned this to a few of you, and I may have, may have mentioned this in here, but Saturdays for me are, are normally pretty tough. Um, for whatever reason, I find myself in the midst of the, the heaviest battle on Saturdays. Uh, very odd, but it's, it, it hits every single Saturday. Always, always arriving victorious, but Saturdays are definitely a day where I feel that there are a lot of things keeping me from getting here Sunday morning. Um, and yesterday, before my head had left the pillow, I told Sarah yesterday, I was, I was already, I was just broken. And I hadn't even gotten up yet. I hadn't even really opened my eyes. I heard my kids doing their normal amount of destruction first thing in the morning. And I hadn't even opened my eyes yet, but my mind was awake. And immediately I was flooded with these memories of hurt. And not not past far away memories, but recent memories of hurt. And I was realizing, oh man, there's a lot of stuff I haven't dealt with. There's a lot of stuff that I hadn't, I hadn't dealt with. And what I was realizing yesterday is that part of there not being any gray anymore is you know where people stand in your life. And that's hard sometimes. Because some people you thought were there with you are not there with you. And, and that's tough. And it's tough to see, you know, that prayer, break my heart for what breaks yours. That's a dangerous prayer. Man, oh man, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you, but oh man, if you are not careful, if you do not know how to process those things in the spirit, what's gonna happen is you're gonna end up holding on to them in the soul. In the hurt of our community, I feel that. It hurts. Because if there's no gray anymore, then people are clearly picking light or dark. And it's hard to see people you love pick dark. That's hard. And if you own that, and you take ownership of that choice, you wear a lot of hurt. And yesterday I was recognizing that. I was wearing a lot of hurt. And I, what the Lord was telling me is that I was not the only one. That I would not be the only one in this sanctuary this morning that was holding on to hurt. So we're going to talk about that. And I, I had to just lay in my office it got to the point where I, I couldn't, the hurt was so thick, I couldn't see through it to see what the word from the Lord was. And he just gave me this very clear picture of laying flat on my face in my office. I just laid there. And just as I did that, a part of a song came on where it just says, I, I give it all to you. I'm like, well, the Lord knew what he was doing. And just in, in praying that and in giving it to the Lord, reminded of that, 
that dream of Graham Cook. I don't know if you've ever seen it. We've shared it in here before where Jesus walks up to him and says, give me back my stuff. Jesus died for that hurt that you wouldn't wear it. But we still keep taking ownership of it. We're going to talk about that this morning. I was reminded yesterday and this week of what we talked about last week. Go ahead and turn to Revelation 22. That's where we finished up last week. We'll be in verse 1 again. Powerful words that we're about to read in this passage. Verse 1, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as a crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruits, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. Their leaves healing for the nations. I started thinking about what are these leaves that bring healing to the nations? In our, in our personal lives, what are they? What are these leaves? Because if you walk outside and you see leaves on a tree, you don't expect anything different. If you see leaves not on a tree, then you're suspect. But if you see leaves on a tree, you, you don't think anything of it because that tree is functionally perfectly how it was created to function. It will produce fruit in its season, specific fruit. But those trees remain. Those leaves remain on those trees. And so we know that. And we don't think anything of that. What is that in our story? What are these leaves? Are they just simply these profound moments in our life, of, these profound moments of obedience? No. Are some of them? Sure. But what are these leaves that tree produces leaves because it simply exists in the fullness of what it was created for. It exists. It knows who it is. It lives with purpose each and every day. It knows what it is here to do. It's the same for us. It's not this massive work that has to happen. And if you don't have this massive work that happens every day, then you're not producing any leaves. That's not what it is. It's simply existing. It's simply being Jesus in the background of a stranger. It's simply being who God has called you to be as you're driving down the road and you pass somebody. You may never see that person again, but for a moment you passed them and you were who God has called you to be and they felt the love of Christ because they drove right through it. It is profound in its simplicity because it is not this great profound act that you have to do. It's simply you breathing in and breathing out in the fullness of who God has called you to be that produces those leaves. And simply that, not you speaking, not you going to church this many times, not you leading a Bible study, not you healing somebody that doesn't have legs and giving them legs, that's not what it is. It's simply the sons and daughters existing as sons and daughters. And that fact alone will bring healing to the nations. 
profound. And all that to say, it obviously can't be all of these moments that we can comprehend. Because can you look at a tree? Perfect example, go by Randy's house. That dude's got some trees. Like some real deal trees. Try to count those leaves. Not going to be able to do it. It's not possible. We cannot comprehend the fullness of the leaves that we will produce. There's no way. With your existing, if it is that simple to produce those leaves and those leaves that bring healing to the nations, if your existence is what produces those, you cannot comprehend the fullness and the full effect that those, your life will have on those lives around you just because you simply existed. Just because you simply existed. It has to be doing more. The spirit of God in and through us has to be doing more than we can see because the fruit is more than we can comprehend. I can't comprehend how many leaves are on a tree that's just down the road. So now try to comprehend how many leaves are produced from a tree that is planted in the river of living water. Can't comprehend it. Can't comprehend it. It has to be going on in the background of our story beyond what we can imagine. Deuteronomy 31.8. Don't go there, just, just listen. It's simple. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. It is the Lord that goes before you. He is constantly going before us, doing new things in your life that you do not know that you cannot see. And I landed in this, this place yesterday, having this, this thought about these leaves, uh, really thinking about it Friday and at the football game and, and, and Saturday morning, thinking about these leaves, what these leaves are. But earlier in the week, like I said, this, this sermon was put together. There were a lot of puzzle pieces that came together yesterday. But earlier in the week, I love social media for this purpose because you stumble across things that are so incredibly profound from people that don't know the Lord, but they've just had an encounter with the Lord and they don't realize they just had an encounter with the Lord. But there is a made up word called sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R, simple. And we're going to watch a video on it in just a second. And it comes, there's, there's a, a, an interesting writing from an author with a bunch of these words um, with these profound definitions. But this one blew my mind. And I'm, I'm watching this man that does not know the Lord talk about this word. And I, I see the Lord all over him. And he, is, he, is, he can't hardly speak as he's talking about this definition of this word because he is so overcome by it. And I see the love of Christ all over him. Like This guy doesn't even know Jesus. But this word sonder is the realization that each random passersby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. And there's something in this that I want us to see in this definition. Um, that this video, it's, it's just kind of a spoken word. And so we're going to watch this video real quick and then we'll continue on. Sarah, go ahead. That moment, 
that we are that extra in the background. And, and just before we go there, just think about that fact. That each person you pass by in a day, those that you will probably only see that one time and probably never see again, just driving down the road. Imagine that person's life being just as complex as your own for a second. Remove yourself from your story and recognize that there are others that are living just as complex of a story just as vivid of a story, with just as much hurt, just as much joy. But then imagine those people not knowing Jesus. And then imagine being an extra in one of those people's background. Imagine being that person just sipping coffee in the background as they walk into the shop and they walk out. Now, do we leave an impact there? Is, is Jesus who they see in that background? And what if, what if that is the only chance we will get with that person? It adds a gravity to each moment a heaviness to each moment. We can't forget that our life is but a mist. There are a lot of mists around us, a lot of lives that are just a mist. And if time is really that quickly moving by, we can't afford to waste any of it. So when we come into these moments where we exist in the background of somebody, do they see Jesus? And now this is not a, a reflection on you moment. This is just asking the profound questions that comes with this profound understanding of this word. Because I'm a pastor. And so when I drive to Lubbock and I go through Home Depot, do people see Jesus in me? As I walk past that one guy that just happens to be in the lumber aisle with me that I will never see again. I will never see him again. It's, it's too big to think of. And what do the extras in our background see? What do those people that are in our background sipping that coffee? What do they see when they see us? Do they see Jesus? Do they see the love that he has for them? And, and, a lot would say that, no, they can't because that requires a relationship. That requires conversation. They need to be able to, if they got to know me a little bit, they'd see Jesus. But then I'm starting to be able to understand and put into a box all the leaves that exist on my tree. Because I can comprehend it. But if the plan of God that he has for us is greater than we can comprehend and we could not believe it even if he told us that he must be working in the background beyond what we can imagine to produce these leaves. For creation longs for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. So creation is directly impacted 
when they see the sons and daughters of God. Because creation too, those trees outside, if we cease to praise his name, they will. The rocks will praise the name of God if we cease to do it. So I bet they recognize the sons and daughters. So what happens then when creation encounters sons and daughters? If the very rocks can recognize us, what happens when other sons and daughters that just have not been found yet encounter us? It's profound to think about. It brings a profoundness to every moment of our lives, but we can see, we can see how these, those leaves can bring healing to the nation. But what I want to talk about specifically this morning, all of that building up to this one thing, is if that is the profoundness in which God is moving in our life, even in the background beyond what we can see, producing fruit. We cannot afford to live with hurt and have our leaves bring healing to the nations. Can't do it. Can't give away what you don't have. And it doesn't say you'll bring joy to the nations. It doesn't say you'll bring peace to the nations. It says you will bring healing to the nations. Broken people can't bring healing to broken people. Hurt people hurt people right? Whole people restore people. The world is already hurting and we have been called to bring healing. In Isaiah 58, I told you, just keep it bookmarked. Be ready to go there often because we're going to be in here a lot. But in verse 8, it says, then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. What, are, what allows, and we've talked about this, but what allows our light to shine forth and for healing to come? When we're remaining in him, what allows this light and this healing to come? Well, in verse six, is this not the fast that I chose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the naked to cover him. And not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn. And your healing spring up mightily. What allows our light to shine forth? It's giving what we have to those without. That's all that is right there. Everything we just saw is giving what we have to those who do not. So if our leaves are meant to bring healing to the nations, we cannot be a hurt people. Having received the healing for ourselves, we can now give it. But why do we hold on to hurt? Why do we do it? Because we all do it. We can all recall moments, if it's not real for us right now in this moment, we can recall recent moments where we found ourselves holding on to hurt. Still taking ownership of hurt. Trying to, trying to overcome it. Trying to, I've still got to deal with this hurt from my past. Why are we still holding on to it? 
And the Lord just told me to listen to a, a Bill Johnson sermon. He told, just Google Bill Johnson 2020. And the first thing came up, he said, click it. I clicked it. He, about first five minutes of him speaking, I knew what he wanted me to hear. And I was done. I didn't need to listen to any, any more of the message. It was one of his side tangents. Had nothing to do with the rest. But that's what the Lord needed me to hear. It was the other puzzle piece he wanted to put together. Why are we holding on to this hurt? It's because we are living with options. We are living with hurt or receiving from the Father. We're, we're making those options. I can choose this or I can choose this. You can live with hurt or you can receive the healing that has come. And we make that a regular option. We have made the Lord an option. We have made the fruit of God for his people an option. And this is not a condemning thing. This is not a moment where I'm saying, stop living with options. That's not what it is. I want us to recognize so that we can take another glimpse at what he has done for us, that we would not be a people living with options. Go to Acts 4. We'll be in verse 5. We'll start there. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Ananias, the high priest of uh, Cephas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, but what poor or by what name did you do this? Now, Peter and John, they had just uh, healed the lame man that was at the gates of the temple, right? That's what happened. He asked for, for, for money, and they said, we, we have no silver to give you, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk in. There he was. Okay, so they're on trial now for doing good things. Sounds familiar. By what power or by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved." Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. They said, you can't, you can't speak the name of Jesus anymore. You can't do it. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. 
I read all of that for that one verse. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. They had no option but to speak. They had no option but to continue. And it would lead to both of their deaths. They lived with no options. They could not deny what they have seen, what they have heard. They lived with no option. They did not own any hurt or brokenness. They knew these people that were, persecu- that were charging them. They knew who they were. They did life with some of the people that were in opposition to them. They could have easily in that moment felt hurt. Like this guy has been lame all his life and now he's standing up healed. Imagine that lame man that's now walking. What that must have felt like. I'm standing up. I'm walking. And you're persecuting the name of Jesus that got me on my feet. Do you not see me standing here? He was already made insignificant because of a name that was spoken that brought the miracle. That that was insignificant. His life didn't matter as long as they stopped preaching about Jesus. In that moment, those men could have felt hurt. They could have felt brokenness. And they lived a lot of life where that story didn't change. They found opposition. They found people seeking to persecute them at every turn. Paul wrote a majority of our, of our scripture today from prison. And these were men, now think about Paul, who was Saul, who grew up with these men that are doing the persecuting. He knew them and they knew him. But now when he's talking to them about Jesus, they want nothing to do with him. They will not hear him. They are completely ignoring him. Nope, nope, nope. It's like his history with them was totally erased. They knew him one day to be a good man. The next day, they knew him to be a heretic. Don't we do that? We do that. We can have a a wonderful and elaborate and beautiful history with a person. They do one thing we don't like, and all of a sudden, that's the only thing that exists in our relationship between them. It's that one thing they did we didn't like. And I know there are people in this room that have felt that. Like, wait, we were friends yesterday. And... The trap is in those moments to hold on to it, to take ownership of it. But I'm telling you right now, people of God, that is living with options. I have the option to take ownership of the hurt that Jesus Christ came and died for that I could no longer own. It is not mine to own. He bought it. It's not mine. I have no right to it. Or I can receive the healing that has come. And it's standing right in front of me. Fully deposited. All of it. He's not withheld any of it from me. We can't live that way anymore. Because our leaves are to be healing to the nations. Our leaves are to be healing to Sundown, Texas. Leveland, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Our leaves are to be healing to these cities. Our cities. They are to be healing to these places. But they cannot bring healing if the people carrying them are broken and holding on to brokenness. So I just had a very clear picture for this morning for us to see a fresh glimpse. Now this is, I don't know how to say this delicately. 
I love you, but I, I'm not here to make sure that you're comfortable. I don't care. I'm really sorry if that upsets you. But I'm not here for your comfort. I'm here to be obedient. And I'm telling you what I saw. I saw those carrying brokenness laying right here at the altar. And I saw Jay singing a song and I saw the Lord taking it back. I saw us giving him back our stuff, his stuff, so that he could, he could give us back ours. Our stuff, what we have a right to, what we have ownership to is healing for the nations. That is yours to take. Complete and total reconciliation, complete and total restoration is yours. Completely yours, no one else's. It is yours. It has been made for you, specifically to you. It is yours to take. And that brokenness is his to take. It's not a hard exchange. Guys ever do a white elephant exchange? It'd be like going to the party and be like, give me mine, I'm gonna keep the one I brought. Not how that works. You've got something for somebody else, you give it to them. They've got something for you, receive it. The creator of this universe has healing for you and that healing will go forth and bring healing to the nations. Not just to you. You are so small in this equation, just for a second, be small in this equation and recognize you simply receiving that healing, what that will bring to the world. Not just to you, to the world, because you received it. And then from this moment on, take no ownership of brokenness. Because every moment you do, you're not, you're not producing leaves. I'm telling you that much right now. And now imagine again, being that random passerby in someone else's complex and vivid and beautiful story. But now imagine that one person that you'll never see again, imagine them coming in contact with you for a millisecond and finding hurt and not reconciliation, not love, not tenderness, not joy, not peace. That's what they're to encounter in us. That's what brings healing to this nation. It's when the sons and daughters of God are the sons and daughters of God in fullness, not in part. Imagine that. Because I'm telling you, I don't know how many millions of people I've come in contact with once that I'll never see again. Man, I hope they saw Jesus in that moment. I hope that there was a leaf that grew on a branch that will bring healing to a nation. But I'm telling you, there are a lot of moments where that is not what they found. But this can be such a beautiful moment between you and the Father, where you, again, receive that gift of healing, complete and total restoration. That you would no longer, forevermore, you would never take ownership of hurt. There are a lot of hurt people outside. There don't need to be hurt people in here. There need to be whole people that leave here. 
because we have been called to meet the prodigal sons and daughters that seek to return home. That son was hurt. He was broken. But his father wouldn't allow that brokenness to remain for a second longer. He clothed them in truth and righteousness and identity. He would not allow that brokenness to stay. That has been our call. That is our mandate. That is our anointing to bring the prodigal sons and daughters home again. That has been our call. That is our mandate. We can't do it broken. That father didn't meet his son with brokenness by the son's actions. He met him with wholeness, with love, with joy, with peace, with restoration. So this morning, I would just invite you up front. And I'm telling you, be uncomfortable. We've not been called to live comfortably. We live comfortable lives as it is. Count your blessings. Those moments are, they're getting less and less though, aren't they? Every day is a little bit more uncomfortable. Praise God. The kingdom will be established in the uncomfortable. Not in the comfortable. Not in the easy. So if you are dealing with hurt, do not leave this place still owning it. And he has said he will give you the restoration that you need. He will give it back to you freshly wrapped, freshly packaged again. He will, he will remind you of it again. He will, he will guide you in taking ownership of it again. But he said, I'm going to do it right here. There's a reason he leads me in what he leads me in. That I could understand what he wants to do in you. In us. It's not just me to you. This has happened in me. Yesterday, I could, he said, I will not give you the word I have for them until I find you first on your face, giving me my hurt back. I said, okay. Now I'm telling you, the second I gave it back to him, the word came. The puzzle was all of a sudden put together. So Lord, we pray for this moment. As you have seen it in heaven, I pray that it would be done here on earth. That there would not be a one that is owning any level of hurt, even the smallest bit of hurt, there would not be a single person in here that leaves with that hurt. A hurt people cannot bring healing to the nations. And there is a hurt nation. There are a hurting people beyond these doors, a broken people. that can in a moment encounter you, that can in a moment find restoration as the sons and daughters existing fully as you have called us to exist, simply exist in another person's story for a millisecond. That in that moment, they would encounter an environment of the kingdom of heaven, an environment of restoration, an environment of peace, an environment of love and tender mercies. Straight from heaven to them, just because your sons and daughters exist fully as you have called us to exist in a place for a millisecond. That the leaves that grow on our trees would produce healing to the nations. Let it start with that random passerby. Let it start with them. Because we are a people that will not own what is not ours.
We are a people that will not grab, will not seek to repossess that which has been bought with such an overwhelming price. An unfathomable price, your only son. With joy in his heart, died upon a cross that we would not own hurt any longer. Thank you, Jesus. That you knew the joy that we could experience and the hurt that we could avoid. Thank you for the reality that we can feel our heart breaking as your heart is breaking. And we can still exist in joy in these places. Not owning the hurt. Being driven by what you're doing. Being driven to bring love in these places where there's brokenness. Let us be a whole people, a restored people, a people whose leaves bring healing to the nation, a people whose leaves bring healing to the nations. We are not many, but we are mighty, and our leaves will bring healing to the nations. This morning, we will come. We will give you back the hurt that we took possession of. And we will hold it and we will claim it no longer. But we will claim the finished work on our lives. That Jesus has died and we have been made new. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. And I have been washed white as snow. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.